What's today's date? It's March 5th, Christmas Day. Just the way it's always been. And that doesn't bother you? It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Toys in every store. The bell will toll again soon, and then all that will remain are the Christmases yet to come. Please, all I wish to do is die. <laughs> We'll just cut that off right there. It seems like Christmas has come to our friends at the fourth wall, but now it may never leave. How will they get out of this one? Don't miss the fourth wall holiday special available wherever you listen to the finest podcasts. Ho, ho, ho. Australia called Boys in Trees. Boys in the Trees. Oh, Boys in the Trees? Okay. Boys in the Trees. I copied your paper. You had it wrong. Okay. That's, <laughs> <laughs> you know. Dim Boys and Dim Trees. Dim Boys in the Trees. In Boys in the Trees. So, for those of you who don't know what this is about. <laughs> um, I, just, I just, I wish that we had video here. Because because apparently Debbie has no IMDb for this. I had zero thought about that while watching the movie and up until just now. <laughs> when I was, everybody turned to look at me and I realized I have nothing. <laughs> not only do I have nothing, I had I had not even thought. I, like, I'm turning, I'm blushing about it. I'm a little embarrassed. But I had you know not what? even thought about it at all. But you still interrupted me, so it's fine. Yeah. It's, it's okay. With, with the... Do not cut to Debbie. <laughs> and we did anyway. <laughs> you looked so uncomfortable. We had to. There was a, there was a moment of frantic. <laughs> it was pretty good. It was good. Yeah. It was good. So our good good buddies at IMDb are going to tell you this movie is about on Halloween, nineteen ninety seven. Two estranged teen skaters embark on a surreal journey through their memories, dreams, and fears. And it was super 1997. It was so 1997. I, like, oh man, when that Bush song started playing, I was like, oh yeah, that's the good nostalgia shit. Okay, y'all. I So I didn't research this movie at all before we watched it. And when it started, I thought this was literally, I was like, oh, those skaters are wearing exactly what we used to wear in the 90s, like your zero shirts and all this uh-huh. stuff. And, um... So I thought it was just, I thought it was set now, and it was 90s nostalgia era right now. <laughs> and then it took me a little while. Maybe, I don't know. There, was it their pay phone? Was it with, until he got to the pay phone? <laughs> it could have been. At some point, I realized it actually was in the 90s, and I was like, oh, well, that explains that. That explains <laughs> all, all of the music, all of the oh, the The music was so, the, good. The was so oh, yeah, good. It, was good. it at, really was. At one point, uh, my husband was like, I haven't actually heard very much of what's happening in that movie, but based on the music, which is amazing, yeah. 
I'm gonna guess it's super sad. Yeah. yeah. The, the, <laughs> like, that was like, I mean, talking about the nostalgia being good, like, oh man, that was like junior, senior yeah. year. Like, oh, it was, whew, it was good stuff. Yeah. yeah, like, I think that they were actually probably pr- like 97. Yeah. So they're just a couple of years, like, they're set a couple of years older than I was, mm-hmm. which is just kind of perfect for the that nostalgia factor. Like, yeah. I was in high school at the same time as they were canonically. Right. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I'm I was finishing the same time, like with them. So it was like, I mean, it was it was a perfect beat. Yeah. That oh God, the music was just yeah. dead fucking it, yeah. on. I was like, yeah, swept away. Like, yeah. <laughs> back in the day. So let's go around real fast. Did you like it? Did you not like it? I just watched it last night, like right before I went to bed. I'm still processing everything. I didn't take any notes at all whatsoever. I just got <laughs> lost in the movie. And let it happen to me. And I wanted to watch it again this morning. I didn't get around to it because I slept in a little. But I, I, I think I really freaking liked it like a lot. So back when we did Trick or Treat, I made a comment about how I think I will like it if I watch it a second time. And I kind of felt the same about this. It's I'm not saying I didn't like it because I did. There was a lot about it to love. As, as so much as that I spent so much energy trying to figure out what the fuck was going on yeah. that it kind of held me back from really getting lost in it. Um, but I loved the use of color mm. in this movie. Um, I loved how likable Corey was, even though Corey is not really a good friend to anybody. um and and jonah jonah's just super likable um i wanted to hug jonah and just like keep him with me yeah someone (laughs) someone needs to love jonah um but yeah short version i'm sure i will like it the second time i watch it i'm gonna i'm gonna go to you now okay you're gonna go to me so uh i watched this on thursday night so um when i finished it i was like eh, it was all right but now as I've kind of had a couple days to think about it and kind of let it kind of just permeate my brain, I actually really dig it. Like, I mean, I thought it was beautiful to begin with. And the more I kind of think about it, just the look and the feel and the story, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> so I wanted everybody else to answer first because I'd seen it before. And this was a movie that I was like, hey, guys, I want to cover this movie. Um, and I was so afraid. I was so afraid that I was going to get here today. And you guys were all going to hate it. <laughs> Because, like, I, I originally watched this, I think, last Halloween, and I, like, I was so struck with it. Like, I was thinking about this movie for days after I saw it, and, and like... And, I remember you talking about it. Yeah. yeah, and, like, and like this movie has stuck... I, I, I saw it last year, and I, have, I didn't watch it again until last night, but I still remembered so much about it, and it's, like, so many of these scenes stuck with me. Mm-hmm. The images, like, I just... Rewatching it last night was better than the first time I saw it, and I am so glad that you guys didn't hate it. Yeah, because <laughs> I was super nervous. <laughs> no, I remember uh, last year though when you after you watched it because it was before we recorded. I don't even remember which episode, but you're like, no, no, we're doing this film next year, like, and it's going to yeah. be in the fall. And I mean, Adrian, kudos, oh, perfect, yeah. perfect on. I don't know. I'm kind of mad you made us wait this long. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't want to interrupt the schedule. And actually, like, when I originally suggested it, I think this episode was originally supposed to release on November 2nd, which would have been right after Halloween, mm-hmm. which is like, I was like, that's where it goes. That's yeah. where it goes yeah. right there. Mm-hmm. But then Halloween happened and our schedule got right. shuffled yeah. around. Yeah. So. And dim nuns. Dim yeah. nuns. Dim nuns. <laughs> um, 
I meant to mention on my turn, so I'm now taking a second turn. I, I think we're just talking about it. I think we all need to take a second turn to talk it's, about it. Well, <laughs> actually, I'm going to stop you real quick, Donna, and just say, I'm gonna, this movie is difficult to talk about without spoiling it. And uh, I don't think that the spoil actually ruins the movie, if you know. But I think it's 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 a spoiler. Yeah. So if you don't want to be spoiled on the movie and you haven't seen it, stop listening now and go do that. I second what Adrian said because we're probably going to hit there like real fast, real fast. Yeah. I wasn't going to spoil it. Um, <laughs> no, but probably Adrian and I will. So yeah. um, this movie made me feel a lot of things, and some yeah. of them were not entirely comfortable. Yeah. Um, which to me is always a sign of a good movie when when it makes you. Any any sort of media, video games, when they make you feel things, uh, that's a that's a sign of a really good, yeah, good quality piece of entertainment. There, yes, I call it the Moulin Rouge effect, is what I call it. Is that you watch something and you're not sure how you feel about it, but then after you like think about it for a couple days and you you kind of figure it out like, oh yeah, I like it or I don't, because that's how I was the first time I saw Moulin Rouge. I didn't know how I felt about it. But then after a couple of days, I'm like, no, I fucking loved it. Moulin Rouge is another one you need to watch twice. Yeah. Watch so it I, twice. I, I call it that. And I, I would say Boys in the Trees is a Moulin Rouge effect. I've only seen Moulin Rouge once. I freaking hated it. But now I'm going to go watch it yeah, again. No, because on, my, on my first watch of, of, of Moulin Rouge, I was very much like, what the fuck? Oh my God, what the fuck? And now it's one of my favorite movies. Yeah. Agreed. Ever. I mean, it's just a beautiful, lush, and <laughs> That's you and so McGregor funny. smiles. And, uh. Because I watched Moulin Rouge, immediately loved it, and as I've gotten older, I'm like, oh, Moulin Rouge, I don't know if I agree with your, with your core themes no. there anymore. No. Well, actually, and it's funny because it's, it's something that in, in Buffy, Kennedy calls Willow out for, but I don't watch all of Moulin Rouge. I watch... Kind of. I cut off the beginning and I cut off the end and I watch the happy parts in the middle and uh, and that's a fun movie. <laughs> yeah, that, that is. That's a, that's a different movie completely. If you don't watch the parts where Hugh and McGregor is crying, it's awesome. But and, those and, are the best songs. Mm-hmm. <sighs> like, I hate the song Roxanne. I have never liked it. But when they do it in that movie, I'm like, holy shit. No, no, I, no, that's fine. You know, basically, basically, when he has his Obi-Wan beard is what she's saying. When, oh, yeah. when, okay, when okay. he has his Obi-Wan beard, don't watch those scenes. Yeah. Okay. When, when she's dead is what I mean. Oh, you stop before then. Okay. I stop before she dies. So I don't watch the very beginning and I don't watch the... But we're talking about this movie. Let's talk about this movie. Sorry, um, I, I kind of derailed this. I want to know um, why the blonde kid is using Mexican slime. Why Django is using Mexican slang. He uses a lot. He uses Amigo, and I don't remember what else. But in what situations? I didn't. I honestly he, didn't notice. He so. uses it throughout, and like I, I don't remember being confused about it before. Um, I but but watching it this time, like when I watched it the first time, I didn't know anything about it except uh-huh. here's my beef with Netflix. Um, Netflix told me that this was a horror movie, and yeah. I I sort of disagree. With that... It's got a jump scare. Yeah. A jump scare. Yeah, and it's got horror trappings. Yeah. yeah. Tropes. I would say tropes. Horror like... tropes. Um, it's horror sprinkles. Horror it's, glitter. It, it, horror <laughs> glitter. Horror <laughs> glitter, go. exactly. Um, something I read last night called it a drama fantasy, and I agree yeah. with that a lot more. I would call this movie dark... Uh, 
dark fantasy or dark magical realism. But so I didn't know anything about it other than Netflix showed me a screen cap of that woman with the black net over her yeah, face yeah. singing at the, the Day of the Dead thing. Like, that was the screen cap it showed me, and it was like two boys discover, or two boys traveling through the woods to get home encounter ghosts or something like that. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that sounds neat. And I'm not doing anything. So let's put that on. And like pretty quickly in the movie, I was like, oh no, I am too far. Like I am emotionally invested in this now and I can't stop. But this movie is not what Netflix told me it was going to be. Right. And I think it's going to break my fucking heart. As Mac would say, Netflix or no, not Netflix. IMDb, IMDb is, is a dead of lies. But all, I recently discovered that Netflix has some sort of algorithm that they use to pick the screen caps that they show so different people get different screen really? caps. What? Yeah, there's a whole thing about it because apparently a lot, or a lot or some, I don't know, of black viewers are getting screen caps of incredibly sidelined black characters huh. yeah. up there yeah. because Netflix is like, um, in some way, using your watch history to tailor the screen yeah. caps. I feel they, manipulated. Yeah, me too. And I'm like, because, and I realized that if they used something more, tr- like, that told me more about what this movie was, I don't think I would have watched it. So I, I feel manipulated and I want to be angry, but at the same time, I'm like, I'm not mad. Thank you, Netflix, for <laughs> so doing that. Now that raises a lot of questions I have for screen caps I'm seeing. Because I have Ex Machina on my, my to-watch list, because it's Ex Machina. Right. And it shows me screen caps of Donald Gleason. <laughs> <laughs> I get, like a, like, a quick one of Oscar Isaac, and I get one of the, the robot. And then it's, the rest is like, bloop, bloop, bloop. I'm like, now that you're telling me this, I'm like, really, That's Netflix? That's hilarious. Yeah. I didn't even look at the screen cap when I did it, because it wasn't... Mine is mine for this movie is different now. Uh-huh. Now it's like um, it's Django in the clown mask with the uh, holding the flares, sparklers. Yeah, yeah. Um, that was really pretty. Yeah, dude. Yeah, but uh, but yeah. So so Netflix manipulated me into watching this movie, and so going into it, I had all of my expectations were fucked mm-hmm. because it was not at all what Netflix told me it was. Netflix is sneaky. Yeah. Well, and you did, and I and I remember when you were telling us about this movie when we were adding it to the rotation, you had even said, it's a dark fantasy. Like, yeah. you, you had let, I remember you letting us know from the get what it was, and I think that helps. You know, if you're expecting one thing with it and you're like, okay, but knowing it's more dark fantasy, I think that you know what eyes to watch it with. Yeah. yeah. I was expecting whenever Jonah started telling the story, I was like, okay, this is where the horror comes in. And I was like, oh, that was dark and, and upsetting. Um, but now they're just wa- they're walking again. Okay, cool. And I kept thinking, oh, this is where it's going to get scary. And then, and like after like the partway through, I don't, I don't even remember when, but like I said, there was a moment that came where I was like, this is never going to get scary. Not scary in the way that I expect from a horror movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This this movie, like, when I got done watching it, again, I think this is a callback to what you said earlier, Donna, that it makes you feel the things, and they're not always comfortable, you know, things, mm-hmm. but it's this type of story. I immediately was, like, taken back to, you know, the like, the literary classic books that made me feel this way, like, a separate piece, mm-hmm. um, Old Man in the Sea, like, all that kind of stuff. I freaking love those because... Mm-hmm. You know, not all of it is happy and fun. 
there's some happy and fun times and then like real life happens and it like breaks your heart but I like that in my yeah. book like I like feeling horrible after I read a book Speaking like I don't know what it is <laughs> it's cathartic yeah, yeah. I think for, like I, I sometimes attribute this, this to my depression but I might just be making that up but like sometimes I feel so shitty that I feel like I need a reason to feel shitty. And so I love stuff like this. Because I'm like, okay, now I can feel... Now I can let myself feel this for a little bit. And then kind of move on with my day. Yeah. Here's a, here's what it was doing to me. Is... I've, I've talked... I don't know if I've talked about it on this particular podcast before. But I've talked before about how I used to play this MMO called City of Heroes. Which was a fantastic game. Um, and I fell in with this with this group who were... Uh, the the phrase we used on our server was the big names. Um, we were kind of the people that everybody knew, and you know we could get you into the task force, and we could complete the task force, and um, so we we were kind of, I guess, the popular kids on the server. Um, but some of the people that I was hanging with tended to be kind of bullies. And I would find myself, because boy, am I anti-bully. Mm. And I would find myself suddenly siding against my friends, going, no, just leave them alone, okay? Just don't invite him on the task force. That's, that's all you have to do is just not invite this guy, and then we don't have a problem and we can quit bullying him, okay? And uh, so when Corey would find himself kind of placed between his friends and Jonah, boy, did I feel that because mm -hmm. man, it's hard to stand against your friends. Sometimes it's, it's hard to, to put yourself between them and somebody but else. Dumbledore will give you 10 points. If you do it, <laughs> 10 points to Gryffindor. I, I think that it was a really, really good decision to make Corey the main character I feel like the stories like this have been told before with Jonah uh -huh. as the main character, but I think making Corey is 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 better because his position is so complicated. Yeah. Like, Corey is a very, very complex character that is dealing with a lot of fucking shit. And you don't realize how complex he is until, you know, at the beginning, it's clear that he's not really comfortable yeah. with them bullying, yeah. but you don't know why. Yeah. You... you and then, and then later on, as you start to learn more and more and more and more, um, you start to really understand the position he's in. Yeah. Yeah, this story unfolds beautifully. Like, uh, you know... Like, visually and storytelling Yeah, wise. like, it's mm -hmm. just... It is... It, it unfolds just... It unfolds just mm -hmm. beautifully. This movie is, like... As soon as you said beautifully, can we just talk about how fucking pretty this movie is? It yes. is yeah. really pretty. It is so beautiful. Like you said, the use of color is incredible, and the way that they frame the shots. Mm -hmm. Like, so much of this movie feels like they were like, this is the picture. Make it happen. Yeah. The, the shot, the scene of the two of them up high in the tree... Oh, oh my God! It's and they keep going back and forth between them as little kids and them yeah. as big kids. Oh, I'm not cry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was amazing. Yeah, it was so good. Um, I think one of the things that I really like about this movie is like, so there's so many movies about holidays and how like special and magical that holiday is, right? And I don't feel like Halloween really gets that same treatment for the most part. I feel like Trick or Treat is probably the movie that got closest to it mm -hmm. before this one. But I love the way that this movie treats Halloween. Mm -hmm. Because, like, 
they've got the transformative nature where people are in costumes, but the costumes all say something about who they are. Like the costumes are almost their real selves to mm-hmm. a certain extent. And then they've got, um, they've like the veil between the living and the dead is so thin. And they even tell you like, like, like mm-hmm. when Jonah gets to that bridge, he's like, this is it. When we cross this bridge, Things are going to change. Yep. And then I feel like... The movie never tells you what time it is or anything, mm-hmm. but I feel like it must be about midnight when shit really goes super weird. Mm-hmm. And I think that's when Corey sees his old dog. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. When at the when they're at the, the, the glowing tree, I, that's, I took that... He one. sees his old dog before that, though. Like, like on the oh, street? On the where? street. When he leaves Romany's house, yeah. oh. he's looking for Jonah... And he looks across the street and he sees his dog that he talked about earlier and how the dog was dead. He sees Rex and Rex leads him to Jonah. Yeah. And Uh, Jonah had seen the lady in the veil. Yeah. Yeah. And she, I guess, led him to that thing. So so she must have been like, what, his grandmother maybe? Or something. Maybe she's related to your seeing somebody. (gasps) It was his mother. Holy shit. Yeah. See, I always thought she was his mother. Look, I've got like so much goosebumps right now. I I need to tell you, my phone in my pocket vibrated as soon as I (laughs) (laughs) I also got goosebumps, but I feel like it's just a nice, perfect storm of things. No, I missed the, the dog before I missed Rex mm-hmm. before but I did think that was Jonah's mom when you saw her in there like I was mm-hmm. like okay that's her that's his mom his, his face reacted to her yeah. in a way that made me think that too and see I didn't I, I didn't catch that at all I didn't think I mean I literally now. just now when I yeah. said it to Debbie but like I, I know like while he was there I just felt like um, you know while the uh, the man was singing. He, there, he was like strangely drawn, mm-hmm. and so that's just what I thought about that whole scene was that he was just strangely drawn to the scene, and I was like, oh, this is where that, and that's when I was just like, I think he might be dead. <laughs> <laughs> and then they showed his altar, and then I was like, oh, he is dead. But then they run off and they continue the movie, and I was like, maybe he's not dead. I don't know. I'm just gonna go with it. I had, um, <clears throat> I had a similar reaction to this that I did to the Sixth Sense. Because in the sixth sense, of course, you see you see Bruce Willis's character die, and then the very next scene you see him and he's he's nicely dressed and you know they're kind of slowly zooming in on him. Yeah. And I remember thinking for I don't know a good five minutes later, what happened to him? Did is you know what happened? And then kind of the movie just keeps going and I yeah. kind of forgot about it. And yeah. I had I had a very similar thing with Jonah. I guess I guess this is where we're officially spoiling it, but Jonah dies fairly early in this movie and I had that that same kind of feeling where you know you see him you see him drop the bottle you see him kind of stumble off and then when we next see him I'm like is he okay he's not even wet you know what's what's going on there and um but kind of like the sixth sense I kind of forgot it for a little while unlike the sixth sense I never completely forgot it I kept coming back to you know, what I don't happened think, to him. I don't think this movie wanted you to forget it, though. Yeah, you may be right. Um, um, this movie, I feel like, is sort of telling you from the get-go, not just with the visual cues like The Sixth Sense did, but it is telling you through the dialogue, throughout, like, through the dialogue, through, like, his mm-hmm. costume, like, everything is telling you Jonah is dead. 
He and the people in the Day of the Dead celebration were the only ones wearing really bright colors. Mm-hmm. Um, I think maybe the only ones wearing red, um, which makes me wonder if red mm-hmm. was supposed to symbolize... It got another visual cue to... Yeah. yeah. Well, also, Jonah was the only one with face paint on. Mm. Well, not yeah. not at the Day of the Dead celebration, but of all the kids that we see in the movie, um, Django and his crew. Actually, Django and his crew did have oh, face paint. They on. had. You're right. You're right. That one dude had silver stuff on. Mm-hmm. Um, By the way, Jonah, those kids don't have names. They don't. No. <laughs> no yeah. I, even on, even on Netflix, they they just have like I don't think they were Humpty Dumpty or anything like that, but they had you know cartoony names uh, to tell them apart. Um, but, but Jonah's the only one that has a mask and face paint, I guess mm-hmm. is what I should have said. Like he takes off his mask and he is still yeah. not Jonah underneath mm-hmm. the mask. Mm-hmm. And it's very ghostly makeup. Yeah. Yeah. So you kind of had your Netflix issue here and all of that. So I kind of have to, I, I have a funny story about this. So, uh, I have a friend that, uh, she actually isn't a, uh, she's Australian. Hi, Jana Bean. And I was telling her about what we were watching. And she's like, I've never heard of this film. So she goes and watches the trailer. And the first thing out of her mouth was, oh, this is a very high production for a film from Australia. So kudos to my country. (laughs) (laughs) But Australians don't celebrate Halloween. So I find that's why I find really interesting about this film and how they make Halloween look and how it's just beautiful. But they don't celebrate it. Like, so... They, Why was it set there? I don't know. I think uh, it was set there because that's where they live. Yeah. <laughs> but, but but they make it though like it looks like a big to do. Like it, it looks yeah. like fucking Halloween. It looks yeah. like Halloween looks in American movies with trick or treat and Halloween. Exactly. And, and so that's what I, I found really interesting with this film is that this is clearly an Australian film and that's not a thing with them. Like a handful of them do. Like she does. She fucking loves Halloween. So, but yeah. you're not going to see the full scale like toilet papering a tree. No, because like they're celebrating Halloween the way that fictional people celebrate Halloween. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. We've toilet papered some stuff. So yeah, <laughs> but they're like going around like it's normal. There's kids running around. Uh, yeah. Like no, like, you didn't do it where there were people. Right. Yeah, no, like they're just fucking doing it in the middle of the street with like tons of trick or treaters. Right, right. Yeah, this was the purge of Halloween. Van- <laughs> I thought when when you mentioned earlier um, about what you were just talking about, yeah, uh, you just kind of referenced it a little, and I thought you were going to talk about the fact that she said, "Oh, this this holiday was just an American invention to sell lollies," and I was just like. Suckers are like the least favorite thing that you're gonna get in your in your trick or treat bag. So I just thought it was funny that she used that because I was just like, she seems a little out of touch with what with the fact that this holiday is about the chocolate. Okay, <laughs> so so much of this movie is metaphorical. Do you think the fact that she was eating a sucker through most of the movie says something about her character? I, I, I've thought it every single time, you know. <laughs> Because she like, keeps going back to these boys that treat her like fucking garbage. Right, yeah. I love that she calls Corey out for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she, oh boy, does she call them it's, out for like, I love that scene where Corey's just like, oh, blah, 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 blah. and she's like, oh, you think it's hard to be in this world? Try being in the same world, but a girl. Yeah. Um, Romany was great. Actually, okay, yeah, let's talk about that for a minute. I, I, I want to talk about Django. I very much want to talk about Django. But let's talk about the gender in this movie because it's probably my only real complaint about it is the comment about how well boys want to climb trees and boys don't want to grow up and I'm like 
motherfucker. <laughs> you, I, I love climbing trees, and I never wanted to grow up, so shut up. Uh, yeah, I... I agree with you, but at the same time, I think that they're trying to say something with that. I might be giving this movie more credit. I don't know. I just, I really like this movie, guys. Um, but I feel like the fact that Romany, Romany? I think they yeah, are. Roman noodles. Roman noodles. <laughs> um, I think the fact that Romany has that conversation with Corey uh-huh. is a big deal. Like, she's calling him out. She's like... Like, I don't feel like she's saying girls don't want to climb trees. I feel like she's saying we can't. I have seen a meme in over the last Maybe year that I really but... agree with that um, it's not so much that girls mature faster than boys as that girls are expected to yeah. and required to grow up faster than boys. Yeah, That's exactly. not where I was going with what. But also, the way that Corey and Jonah end up interacting with each other, and I don't mean like the way that they talk, I mean the way that they are physically touching each other, mm-hmm. and the way that Corey and Django physically touch at the end of the movie, I feel like to a certain extent this movie is also about toxic masculinity. Yes. Because Corey, like, the way that Corey grabs Jonah and is protecting him mm-hmm. towards the end there is just like. I don't feel like you see male characters interact with each other that way very often. Well, and... Oh, sorry, go ahead. You're not done. Oh, no, I was actually... Oh, okay. I was going <laughs> to say, and not to mention when... Because Django is clearly the, I guess, villain in this movie until you see him in his bedroom. Yeah. Talking trash to himself for, like, making this happen or whatever mm-hmm. and seeing all that emotion and everything that is trapped behind the door. Mm-hmm. Like, nobody else got to see that. Well, and so. Jango's also the protector of Corey's camera for most of the movie. Yeah. 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 And so um, at the end of the movie, I was like, Jango's a jerk, but he is also dealing with this kind of stuff, and you can't fault him for and, that. Well, and yeah. that's actually why I wanted to talk about Jango, because for all that he's a tremendous asshole, um, there's, there's something really interesting about him. He is weirdly fixated on Corey because uh, there's this there's this almost homosexual subtext really frequently with Corey and Jonah but a little bit with uh, Corey and Django uh, and their relationship but yeah Django is is weirdly fixated on Corey and um, I mean to the point that he's he's angry when when Corey disappears on him uh, in a way that he doesn't seem to care about his other friends right exactly and then at the end... And Sorry I actually, to interrupt you again, but the other friends, which we can assume have been his friends longer. Right. Um, but then at the end, Django is what Corey needs. And I actually was a little irked. It was like, don't make me like Django. After this whole fucking movie, don't make me like yeah. him. But, uh, but yeah, the fact that he was there and he allowed Corey to hug him mm-hmm. and hold on to him. Um, I don't know. I'm kind of interested in Django. I am too. I thought that that was... Yeah, I noticed that too. There was a, there were like two moments where I was like, are they going to kiss? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like not two moments with Django and Corey, but there was a moment with Django and Corey and a moment with Jonah and Corey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where, when they were wrestling or whatever was what I thought. I was do you like, think oh. it's important that Django and Jonah are similar names? Yeah. 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 Because, I mean, that that's writing 101. Yeah. You don't, you don't give your main character similar names. This movie has so much fucking metaphor in it. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like I could I write a it. fucking dissertation on this <laughs> like movie. Dude, I, like, I, I love it so much. It makes me so happy and... I'm kind of pompous, I think. There was, I, <laughs> I want to get over here to say, yeah, mommy, see, 
There was a point I started wondering if all the characters in the movie were supposed to represent parts of Corey's personality. Like Jonah was his childish, his, mm. his, his, not childish, but his holding on to the joy of childhood. Mm-hmm. And Django was his what, toxic masculinity. And Romany was his responsible... You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna save money and so I can do what I want to do with my life. Um, and actually, now that I've said that out loud, I'm not sure I'm ready to let that go. That's, that's, that still may be true. That's something I might have come on to like the third time I watch it, where uh-huh. I'm really just trying to like go deeper and deeper and deeper. Yeah, and, yeah I like this. I like this. I'm definitely gonna rewatch this again, probably today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, real quick, there were some times where Corey to me looked exactly like. The friend from Boy Meets World, Sean. <laughs> yes! <laughs> oh, something else. Oh, speaking of 90s nostalgia. Um, something I really liked about the cinematography of this movie was it was set in the 90s, but they didn't put any kind of filter on it. Because mm-hmm. I get really tired now of watching these nostalgic type movies that have some kind of filter to make the film look aged somehow. Or the colors are muted or something. But this one was like a bright and vibrant uh, colors. There wasn't any of that going on. Um, oh, there was something else. Maybe it was just like how colorful the movie actually was, uh, which we've talked about a few times. Um, I really just liked the the contrast of the really bright colors and the really bright lighting that showed everything uh, with also it being night. So there was like that blackness in the background, you know, mm-hmm. the bright lights. And like what I'm thinking of right now is the, is, is the uh, clown mask that Django had with the you know, we were, I think we were talking about it earlier, even uh, the, the sparklers, sparklers and stuff yeah. going mm-hmm. on. I was just like, it was so pretty. And they would show them like riding their bikes in slow motion. I was just like, this was just beautiful cinematically, mm-hmm. you know, beautiful I, musically, beautiful I story I love wise. the getting ready scene when they're, when they're playing the beautiful people. Yes. And they're just getting ready for Halloween and going out. Like that was like a fucking music video. Yeah. But it didn't take me out of the movie. Like, like a lot of times you get those scenes and you're like, that was an amazing scene mm-hmm. and it felt weird. Now I'm just thinking about that scene and not the whole movie, but this felt seamless. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I realized while you were talking that there's one other person wearing a lot of bright color in the movie, and that is Django. Does he? Well, okay. Where's the clown mask? mask. Yeah, Yeah, okay. Everybody else has more subdued, earth-tony colors. I was going to argue with you, but you're right. The clown mask is very bright. And considering Mm. now the, the similarity in Django and Jonah's name. So... I don't, I don't, I haven't gotten to what that means yet. <laughs> I want to, I want to get into the actual core of what happened in the movie. So you, you eventually figure out that, uh, Jonah and Corey used to be best friends. And then for a lot of the movie, you don't know why, but they stopped being friends. You don't, for a lot of the movie, yeah. you don't know why. No, no. I, I think I assumed it was just because Corey was tall and conventionally attractive mm-hmm. and Jonah was short and adorable. Yeah. And they just, and they just drifted apart. It turned out, and this is actually where I want to kind of. Um, get some clarity from everybody that when they were very good friends they were playing this little fantasy game that they played together they went into this tunnel and while they were in the tunnel they were attacked by some bigger boys Um, and Corey ran away now were they raped? Jonah was I I think think so I think so I I wondered that too Mm -hmm. 
and so I was paying more attention on this watch. Somebody's undoing their pants. Yeah, yeah. Or, yeah. or zipping them up, or I whatever. Guess, yeah. I guess my question. I think it's. I think it's no doubt Jonah was raped. I guess my question is, did Corey run away before or after I Corey was raped? I don't know. I don't. There was there was a scene where. Yeah, he was, yeah. Being, he was being held onto, and there was some mm, rhythmic motion going on. I don't know with Corey. I mean, Jonah, mm. it's pretty obvious, but I I don't know if it was maybe he was, it almost started, or as when he ran away. I don't know. Okay. I'm but not sure either. The point being that Corey ran away and left Jonah there, um, and that was the end. Apparently, Corey just couldn't cope with it. And rejected Jonah after that. Um, shame on you, Corey. I know you were dealing with your own issues, but damn. Did you notice that Django and his crew looked a bit like the guys that were in yes, the tunnel? Yes, mm-hmm. I did. I think that, that like, and, and there's that scene where Corey says, you know I hate to be scared. And Jonah's like, I don't know that. And, like, the game that they played was called Crocitus, which is a river in the underworld that feeds into sticks, mm-hmm. I believe. Not that I just talked about it like it was a real place. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay, yeah. um, in Hades. <laughs> um, you know, Hades. And so I get the impression that, well, and, and when they were kids, you know, Corey's dressed up like a wolf already and Jonah's dressed up as a ghost. So I get the impression that they were into spooky things. Yeah. And the game that they played, if I understand the rules of it properly, it was called Cocytus. They, ju- they would cross the bridge. And then they would tell each other stories and dare each other to do things. Yeah. And you had to do it until you got, until they got home. When you get home, the game ends. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and I like so. My guess is they were playing it and they dared each other to go into the tunnel. Mm. Is is my best guess? Mm-hmm. Maybe Corey. Like this is totally total speculation, but if Corey's the one that made the dare that got them into that tunnel, mm-hmm. then that would explain a bit. Sure. Um, and then he and so like whenever he says, you know, I hate being scared. After that moment, he doesn't want to do that anymore. He's terrified. He's seen how scary the world can be, mm-hmm. and so what he does is he goes and he seeks out people that are like the ones that took that safety away from him, and he blends in with them. So it will never happen to him again. Mm-hmm. Well, he's finding his own wolves. Yeah, like, exactly. He's, he's he's like, okay, this scared me, so I'm going to align myself with scarier wolves so this never happens again. Well, like, I, I love the wolf imagery. I, I do too. Well, and I love the wolf imagery is so great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I love it when Romany tells, like, basically calls him a sheep in wolf's clothing. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Oh my God, yes. There's so many layers to this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, he he didn't want to be prey anymore so he joined the predators. Yeah. yeah. And that's, you and know... left his friend behind. Yeah. And his friend always was... A reminder of this is yeah, mm-hmm. of trauma. Of trauma. Jo- Jonah was always his ghost. Yeah. <laughs> of that event. Oh shit! That's good. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, good stuff. I love movies like this. Oh, mm-hmm. good stuff. Good stuff. Ah, <sighs> I was just thinking, 
after I watched this movie because, you know, Mac challenged me to that the Facebook challenge of do your 10 movies. Yeah. Well, I made it through three and then I kind of forgot. And I was like, I'm going to start it back up and finish it off. And this is going to be the next movie that I post. Haha, <laughs> yes. So, I think this is going to be the first movie I post. I made it through one comic book whenever you oh, yeah. challenged me to that and then I forgot about it. <laughs> one of my friends asked me, how do you remember to do that? And I'm like, well, I actually, on day one, I sit down and I plan it out. Yeah. I don't know if anyone was paying attention, but I started with Terminator and then Alien and then Star Wars and then, I don't know, there's some stuff in the middle, and then <laughs> Star Wars and Aliens and uh, Terminator 2. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Terminator 3 for just a second. <laughs> oh, no, there is no Terminator 3. We've talked about this. I was making that face on because Billy planned his all out. Like, after mm-hmm. that day, he's like, he got his screenshots, they were all done. Me, I'm like, Oh, yeah, I like that movie. So let's, yeah, 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 we'll use that. That's one. me cool. too, but I'm going to start doing what you do. I started a list, but I, I didn't keep up with it. I had to do a list for the comic book covers where you were talking about that. I was like, no, I have to, you know, I knew which ones I wanted to use. And I was like, oh, I got to. I even went so far as to plan out my argument because we are, we are so <laughs> off topic here. But all of my shot, all of my movies were of movies that featured a really powerful woman. And my shot always featured that woman. And somewhere right in the middle was Legally Blonde. And I was waiting for somebody to argue with me. <laughs> Argue with me, motherfucker. Go ahead. And and nobody did, so. Um, so this movie. So this, this movie. movie. I, this movie does one of the things that I don't like, and that is, what is the fucking weather? Because goddamn Corey is wearing a coat with fur all the uh-huh. fuck over it, and Django's got on... All the dudes are wearing coats. Jonah's walking around in a hoodie, and Romany is in a fucking crop top and a short skirt. Yeah. And I'm like, I would be goddamn freezing if it is cool enough for anybody to be wearing a jacket. It's fucking me. And at one point, she gives Corey... Oh my god. <laughs> More revelations? So, <laughs> when they're in the school... I'm backing up even more now because I just put myself off topic. Um, when they're in the school, Jonah tells the story about uh, people changing into wolves. Mm-hmm. And it's so great. It's such a, like, such a fantastic puberty analogy and like just how fucking awful middle school and high school is. Um, and he, he describes being able to smell it. And then they go to the convenience store and Romany gives... Corey deodorant and says you smell bad ah. mm-hmm. <laughs> and, that's cool yeah yeah so I just realized that but and then he says it's not my fault there's a heat wave so I'm like then why are all the dudes wearing coats right if there's a heat wave why is everybody wearing a fucking coat except for Romney who's wearing so few clothes which is fine like wear as many clothes as you want to wear but I don't know what the, the weather is like. These two people are not existing on the same day. Yes, basically. exactly. It's just a thing that I feel like happens in movies a lot, where dudes are like, I'm wearing a hoodie and jeans, and girls are like, I'm wearing a slinky shirt that's made of spider silk and the smallest skirt you've ever seen. And actually, like, I... That would have been me. Well, I didn't wear crop tops and stuff, but I never wore a coat. I would not dress for the weather. I'd wear, like, shorts in winter at school just because... Um, I don't know. I hate coats. I hate them. All year round, I hate them. My um, daughter's the same way, and I'm like, 
You can't make. You're five. I'll go to jail, but I can't go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can see that. But like, like even now, like it was 21 degrees the other day, and I was walking to work without. I mean, between my car and the building, and I was like, "F that coat. I don't want to mess with putting it on to walk 20 feet." That's fair. I'm but just... she's not walking 20 feet. She's hanging out in a graveyard. They're all hanging out outside I all also, fucking day. Yeah, I never hung out in a graveyard. I remember doing that though, like uh, at school. During lunch, all of us band kids would, like, go hang out at the band room, um, but most of us were hanging outside the band room instead of inside, and I remember being out there in the freezing cold weather, and yeah, you might be in, like, a corner somewhere to try and, like, cut the wind, but we all just hung out in the freezing cold and just froze for lunch. But you wore, like, pants, right? I mean, sometimes. Oh, Jesus Christ, Debbie. (laughs) I have to second, I was the same way. Like, I wore... Didn't wear a coat, didn't wear... Uh, I would have dressed like Romany, like, because I'm, I'm hot-natured, and I did that in high school. And see, I'm just over here. I've got a t-shirt on under my hoodie and my jeans, and I'm just... Uh. My, my Uncle Kevin tells the story of all of us going to go uh, pick a Christmas tree out. It's fucking snowing outside, and I have three-quarter sleeves on, walking around, picking out a Christmas tree in the snow. Jesus Christ. <laughs> so... That part didn't take me out of it because I'm like, yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> uh, I love I love Jonah's stories and how they're true. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, I was just like, this is totally how he sees the world. Well, and you don't even realize how true his stories are until you get to the end, like, until you get further into the movie, part of the unfolding yeah. of it. Because he tells the tunnel story and then you're like, oh, oh, this is the story about the tunnel. This is, he and Corey did this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, and, and then, the, the older one went off with the wolves mm-hmm. and left the other one behind. Oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, jeez. Yeah, I didn't yeah. even realize. Yeah. And then and then when Corey goes looking for Joan, he finds him in the tunnel. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. And when Jonah tells the story about Janine in the tunnel, he says she only knows she's dead when you turn on the light. And then when Corey finds Jonah in the tunnel... He turns on the lighter, and Jonah's like, "Turn off the light." Oh, that one I got. And that was, and that was one of the. I think that was maybe one of the first times that we see Jonah really kind of like showing that he knows anything is wrong. Yeah. Because up to that point, he's kind of being mm-hmm. alive still. Yeah. Well, if if you look at it this way, if he drowned, how long it takes that to happen, and yeah. he's in between one of the notes I originally wrote on here was at what point did Jonah actually die right if he's hovering between life and death as he's laying there so maybe that's when he actually (gasps) dies is that point where when he's acting more like they were kids he's that it's that hover oh my go for it oh my god um okay so when Jonah randomly starts puking water oh yeah okay I just realized, yeah, because I was like, why is he puking? You know, they weren't. Do you think that's drinking. when he dies? Yeah. Yeah. So here's an interesting thing that I thought about just now. Um, if at, at the beginning, when Jonah or when Corey first meets Jonah in the skate park, Jonah says, besides, I want to show you something. And Corey's like, there's nothing you can show me that would interest me. Do you think if he had answered a different way, he could have saved Jonah? <gasps> oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, I think Jonah died at the beginning of the movie. You think um, so? I okay. do. I think um, 
Because I just can't imagine a scenario where... Because the coroner said that he'd hit his head. Mm Mm-hmm. Or whoever it was said that he'd hit his head. Uh, there is no scenario where you're semi-conscious or unconscious, where you're fighting against being drowned. If he's unconscious and his face is in the water, he's drowned. I mean, that's just that's just it. Um, God, Doctor Donna. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm, oh. a, I'm a buzzkill. Yeah. So um, no, I th- I think he was. I think when we saw Jonah in the skate park in the red hoodie, he was dead. Well, okay. and also he said you're bleeding, and he touched his head and he had mm-hmm. that's what what's his name said yeah Corey said Corey. to Jonah oh you're bleeding and he's like oh I hit my head or whatever yeah oh yeah yeah so I guess he was dead well I mean I think it's it's certainly open for interpretation but to me I think now I do think it's possible that his connection to life was fading through the course of the movie um, and that's why we we threw up water and um the, the scene in the tunnel. But yeah, I, I think he was a I think he was full on ghost the whole time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um so many. Okay. What was Ghost Jonah accomplishing? What what was his goal? Was he finding peace? Maybe. His own peace? I think he was. Yeah. And I helping think... Corey. I'm sure he knew that Corey was also suffering. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's do it together kind of thing. I think he knew Corey. Would, like, I think that Corey, like, if you go to the basics of Ghost 101, I think that Corey <laughs> was probably Jonah's unfinished business. Mm-hmm. Like, he, I think he felt abandoned by Corey. And I think it's entirely possible that when the night started, Jonah was like, I'm going to fucking kill him. Like, 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 <laughs> like, like some ghostly revenge. Right, but yeah. then when it came down to it, he couldn't, he couldn't be that person because he seemed very antagonistic at the beginning yeah. and he yeah. slowly yeah. got less so. I think that with the insight that came with being dead, he realized that Corey was hurting just as much mm-hmm. yeah. over what had happened and he was trying to save Corey because if Corey had stayed friends or if he had stayed friends the same way because I think maybe they're still friends at the end I don't know but if they if their relationship had stayed the same Corey was not going to go to New York no. Corey was not going to live his dream um, so I think I think Corey was saving Jonah do you think Jonah was saving Corey? Yes. <laughs> that. That's the thing I meant. So I wanna I wanna can we do we have any ideas why Jonah and Django might have similar names? What the connection between the two might be? They're just they're they're you go ahead. <laughs> Other than Corey now needs to save Django. Corey has been saved. Now he has his own Corey. It's <laughs> now a pay-for-one situation. Yeah. I, I like that. But go ahead. Sorry. No, that's fine. I like yours. Uh, more mine, mine is more or less something I've already said, which is that it's like Jonah and Django are opposite parts of Corey's personality. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think that's why there's the similarities between them. I agree. <laughs> um... I don't know, man. I feel like we could probably delve into the metaphors and analogies of this movie for a college course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you could. You could. I'm gonna. I've got a friend who is a teacher. I'm gonna send that to her. <laughs> she teaches college. Be like, you need to do this. 
Um, there's so many quotes that I loved. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Jonah says to Corey early on, maybe I'll fall and never wake up. Oof. Oh. Uh, when they're still at the skate park. Um, I love it when Corey says, I didn't say I was scared. I just have a cautious nature. <laughs> <laughs> I also like that Jonah is better at everything they're doing than Corey is. Like, Jonah climbs that fence in fucking record time, and Corey, who is taller and supposedly more, like, athletic-y, like, struggles with it. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, I just, I I appreciate that Jonah was was better at that. And I don't know if it was because he was dead or if he was just, like, since Jonah got left behind kind of in childhood, did he just never stop doing some of that stuff? I kind of gather that, like, mm-hmm. there are certain things that, with the left behind aspect, that Jonah still did. Like, mm-hmm. you know, he didn't he didn't have the the so called friends telling him, "Well, that's a baby's thing. You don't need to do that anymore." So he was like, "I still like fucking doing this. So I'm gonna climb this tree." Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Corey damn near falls out of a tree. Yeah, <laughs> he sucks <laughs> at climbing the fence. Um. When Corey, no, uh, now all of a sudden I'm mixing their names up. When Jonah locked Corey in that fence, the way Corey was looking out at him, I don't know, I loved it. There was something there was something very evocative about the way that he had his hands on the bars and kind of cocked his head yeah. to look out that uh, I really liked. Yeah, yeah. Like, that, that, this, that was such that. It was shot so beautifully. Mm-hmm. Um... Teenage Debbie would have totally been into Corey, by the way. <laughs> that hair? That hair. Like, can I just say that I really miss the 90s floppy skater hair? That was like Jonathan Brandis hair, honestly. Yes, like, yes. <laughs> and, and we know how you are with right? Jonathan Brandis. Right? Yeah. Oh, Jonathan Brandis. Teen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I felt like it, it portrayed the 90s pretty well. It really did. It was a good re- representation. Um, yeah. And nobody was wearing Jinkos, but whatever. It was Australia. Okay. Now they have they have less so done that for me now that they were not wearing Jinkos. <laughs> <laughs> I loved Jinkos. I still do. Oh, oh Jesus, my, Debbie. Oh, Debbie. <laughs> no. I went round and round and round and round and round about Jinkos, and he finally ended up with a couple of pair, and I still think those are the dumbest looking. I did think there was oh. a for me there was a cap on the width of the leg. Like mm-hmm. once once they started looking like skirts flopping around. <laughs> Thank you. No, thank you. But uh, I think a good 32 inch was probably... Jesus Christ. <laughs> or maybe it was 22. I can't, I can't remember. I'll have to go back and measure my Jinkos. I, <laughs> I never had any Jinkos. I hung out with the crowd that wore Jinkos and I was just like, I can't, like, I trip over nothing on a regular basis. These pants would kill me. I fell off my Dark Martens once. Yeah. Yeah. That but was, they're I was, now. Are they? They're back. Yeah, you did that. Or Doc Martens. Doc Martens. Doc Martens are. Jinkos came back, and then people were like, oh, wait, these are stupid. No! <laughs> no! You get them with the stripe down the side. They're so cool. See, I like the stripe down the side, but I was just like, I don't need to put both legs in one leg. Yeah. I just don't need pants where that's a thing I can do. I just questioned. I didn't know Doc Martens left, because I've always loved them. So. <laughs> uh, the brother, 
the little brother had the jinkos, and I was like, I can't, brother. Like, <laughs> me and Bo are gonna get to they get together and wear our jinkos around the mall. That is fine. That is fine. But <laughs> I was just like, you tell brother Bo that they weren't like the ones that were the the floppy skirts. Like they were probably the ones that you were yeah, like, that's yeah. the acceptable. But I was like, I can't. As I'm wearing my bell-bottom jeans with my high-platform <laughs> shoes and dog barks, I can't get behind. All right, listen, Scary Spice. <laughs> um, so this movie. I. So there's so many lines in this movie that are just so sad to me. Um, like, you know, uh, Jonah's repetition of the game doesn't stop until we get home. He never gets home. Yes. Oh. <sighs> I think that for me, this movie, it is, it is almost at a get out level. Once you realize what's for me, because now mind you, I was not trying to figure anything out. And so I was, uh, you know, there was the moment where I had the aha and it was like everything that had happened, everything that had, that was said, like clearly played into Jonah being dead. Mm-hmm. And that's. You know, again, like, I, there was an aha moment in Get Out where I was just like, oh, all this makes sense now. You know, like, all this other stuff that they were just kind of, you know, playing with pointing at here and there was, like, very intricately in, you know, uh, woven and connected to the core, as it should be. It was just very well done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In that in that respect. Well, there's not a wasted shot in this film. There's not, yeah. like, filler. Like, it all serves the driving narrative like it all serves it like mm-hmm. there's not like okay here's just a filler scene like no you're getting what you need mm-hmm. every step of the way i would say that some of the dialogue particularly Corey's, is a bit awkward but i feel like i feel like these are actually a really good group of actors because even though the words he's saying a lot are awkward like he kind of makes it work I, I i think that's what makes it work though is that they feel like they're like they cast the age. It's not like twenty yeah. somethings playing high school. Like I feel like he may be eighteen, nineteen at most. They they all feel mm-hmm. that age that they're playing, and I think that awkward delivery really helps. Sells. Yeah, yeah like <laughs> Adrian, can you give me an example um, dialogue wise? I'm just trying to think. Just I can't. Like, okay, I'll, I'll go back and watch for it. Um. I, I, I read an article that said something about, like, lack of script editing caused people to not like the movie or something. I, I can't really remember. Um, and so I was paying a little bit more attention when I watched it this mm-hmm. time. And, like, when I'm not paying attention to it, when I'm just lo- getting lost in the movie, I don't notice it so much. Mm-hmm. But rewatching it and looking for it, I, it just felt like, so, particularly some of Corey's dialogue felt um, like it was written. I guess is the best way to say it. It just felt like it was written. Um, A lot of, like, the other, like, Jonah didn't feel like that so much, but um, Corey's was just, because they were trying to drive so much story through Corey that I feel like sometimes they were just like, we just just fucking say what's happening. (laughs) What do you think it is? You have to say. Yeah. Sorry Um, about that. I moved the table. But, uh, yeah, like, I only really have two complaints, and that's what's the fucking weather and maybe write Corey's dialogue a little less. <laughs> what else have we got? Oh, I wanted to call out another line that made me super sad because we didn't pick it for our quote. And that is uh, when Jonah says to Corey, what if I lied to you when I said I didn't want to grow up? Yes. Oh. 
Mm. That, like, that is very sad. It's so, like, I just, oh. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. There's, oh. Seriously, gang, this whole movie is full of great quotes. Like, yeah. Best way to keep the wolf from your door is to go to his. Who said that? Corey, Corey? said it to Jonah when they went in toilet paper at right. Django's house. Yeah. You know, Abandon the purge of your, vandalism. Mm-hmm. Abandon your dreams and they become resentful. Yeah. This movie is so poetic. It is. Now, it's again, so literary. I'm, it, is, it is so literary. I, I like, I... I, I I don't know why this movie is in the horror section. Like I feel like it's like it's it's got horror details. It's got horror aesthetic, but um, I feel like calling this a horror movie is is not right. It's 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 one of those that's really kind of hard to define. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I I almost because to me the the one jump scare which is when they when he flicks the lighter in the tunnel and you see the Janine. Janine. The little girl. Oh, yeah. The little girl oh, yeah that screaming. got me. Whose name yeah. also starts with a motherfucking J. Yeah. That's definitely on purpose. Janine and Jonah. Um, but, yeah, I feel like if you were watching a literary... <gasps> Motherfucker! And the, Janine's older sister's name is Catherine. Motherfucker. <laughs> By the way, I never said motherfucker until I got to hanging around with Adrian. <laughs> and, and now that's a word I say all the time. And... Donna delivers it very well, though. As does Adrian. <laughs> Side um, notes. I know I forgot what I was saying. Uh, oh yeah, that that one jump scare. If you were watching a movie that you thought was literary and you got hit with that jump scare, you might be pissed off. Problem being that if you think you're watching a horror movie and, and you, you only get that one, and you only get that one jump scare, you're a little pissed off too. So it's it's a movie that I I could see being hard to classify. But if you mm-hmm. got to, you're gonna classify it where it's more safe. Yeah. Well, it's definitely like. The people that did this movie are very much Del Toro fans. Like, I feel like yeah. it's in that surreal, dark fantasy wheelhouse. Like, it's it's definitely that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's close enough to horror that I don't know that I would suggest to people that do not like horror mm-hmm. that they watch this movie. Yeah. yeah. I think you were super smart with us by telling us from the get. Like, no, it's dark fantasy. Yeah, well, because, like, like this movie did not leave me feeling the way that I want to feel necessarily after I watch a horror movie. Like, when I watch a horror movie, I'm generally like, I want to be scared and I want to be creeped out. And in this movie, I was like, I feel odd and sad. Yeah. Yeah. And... I was emotionally confused. Yeah. And, like, I... I, It's not that I didn't like that, but I had set out for a particular thing and I did not... I was like, I want to watch Pretty Boys... And teenagers getting murdered. That's what I think this movie is going to be about. And then it was not. <laughs> I told Luke, I was like, I'm pretty sure this is a vampire movie. Boys in the Trees totally sounds like vampires to me. I don't know why. Why wouldn't it be more werewolves? Obviously. <laughs> but, yeah. I was, you know, the IMDb um, synopsis was what I read. And that is so bland, that is such a yeah. bland description for what happened in this movie. I don't know how you would describe it, though. I don't, it just doesn't mention that, oh, by the way, the memories that they relive are horrifying <laughs> and dramatic. And, yeah. That's the horror. That's where Netflix, it was real life horror. That's what Netflix did. I, I felt similar watching this movie as I did when I first watched The Girl Next Door. Mm. The Jack Ketchum story. Because Netflix did that to 
fucking did that to me with that movie where it was like a young girl discovers horrors in her aunt's basement and I was like oh cool so like a serial killer and I watched it and like I'd been cleaning the house or something and like I think halfway through that movie I was just sitting on my couch staring at the screen in awe because I was like holy shit this is not the movie I thought I was watching (laughs) and I was just absolutely like horrified and shocked and I felt very similar after this because I was like I went in expecting standard horror fare and what I got was a much longer deeper emotional Mm -hmm. journey journey's a good word I think it might be time to wrap up I think you're right anything else okay I think so let's do it all right well Donna you have our quote I do I do I need to turn the page all right turn the page I did one more thing Okay. Oh, she turned Fucking the Django's crew is such shitheads at the beginning of the movie. Oh, I know. They're pretty uh, shitheads. When they trashed the store? Oh, yeah. Like, when they oh, my God. The no store. wonder Romany doesn't have a lot of respect for boys. Yeah, well, I love that she just casually pushes the panic button. Like, mm-hmm. she's just like, I'm not even fucking with this. Yeah. Um, but, like, I, I remember thinking, why the fuck is Corey's dad letting this happen? And then there's that scene where he's talking to Corey and the boys are in the background. And I was like, Oh, they're scary. Like, he's not doing anything because he's fucking afraid of them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, like, this is an adult who cannot handle this situation with these children. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. So our quote is, you can't have a good story without a dead body. be crying all day it's true (laughs) all right adrian you had our poll our poll is at what point did you realize jonah was dead dirt while the while watching which we discussed it a little bit earlier you know i suspected at the day of the dead thingy gathering Mm -hmm. um but yeah, it probably wasn't for sure until, oh, there's a body in the water. <laughs> but I mean, that's one of the reasons I love you so much with these things that you're like, oh, that's, this is when. I just, I, li- I like that you trust it so much. Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, I'm not going to make any judgments, even though they're pointing strongly in one direction. Maybe they're faking. I don't know. I have to admit that when they did find the body, there was a part of me hoping that, that, they would be able to revive him. Yeah. yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, time, and I'm like, like, look at his pale white skin. No. I mean, there's face paint there too, though. Yeah. Maybe it wasn't as bad as it looked. <laughs> I actually, I found myself looking at his hands and I was like, I was like, oh no, his hands are so blue. Yep. Um, for me, and I don't, I think, I think this is in the video. I don't think it made it into our, our podcast recording. Uh, I was reminded of the sixth sense um, where almost immediately after Jonah took the fall and then we see him in the skate park thinking, why aren't his clothes wet? You know, why why isn't he drunk? Because he was clearly drunk. So, I mean, uh, at the first sight of ghost Jonah, I was suspicious and then it kind of, um, it kind of left my, my thought process. I think the moment I started going, oh shit, he's dead, was the first time they went into the tunnel and then he saw the man in white. When we saw the man in white, I was like, oh, God, I think he's dead. And after that, you know, I was watching for it. Uh, but Day of the Dead, yeah, absolutely. That, oh, yeah. that confirmed it. But I was suspicious of it from the time he saw the man in white. 
I pretty much, once he started talking to Corey on Halloween night, I'm like, he's dead. Like, because you see him by himself, and then the next time you see him at the park with, and he's talking to Corey, I'm like, he's dead. Like, my first note is, pretty sure Jonah's dead. A note later is, yep, he's dead. So, <laughs> that's why when you were like, I was giving him the benefit of the doubt, I'm like, oh, my Debbie. I don't think I realized, because I went into this thinking it was a horror movie. Like... And, and so I, as I was watching the movie the first time, I kept, like I said before, I kept waiting for it to turn into a horror movie mm-hmm. for Jonah to do something or for something to like start coming after them. So when I first saw The Man in White, I was like, oh, here it is. And I think it wasn't all the way to, it was, it was when Jonah disappeared in the school. When Corey's like, like just is suddenly oh, by himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I was like, oh fuck. And then when Jonah kept being in places without anybody noticing him, I was like, oh no, movie, oh no. And that's what started giving me this like panic. Because I was like, oh shit, I think I know where this is going and I don't want it to go there. Yeah. I don't want what's happening to be what's happening. And like, like, same as you, whenever they got, whenever Corey saw Jonah's body, I was like, I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope that it's not too late. Mm-hmm. Even though, because Jonah had been puking up that water, I was like, it, it, it definitely is. He was already at the Day of the Dead thing. Like, he is so fucking dead. Mm-hmm. But I really want this to not be what's happening. And see, when the man in white shows up, the first time I'm like, oh, there's his angel coming to take him away. Like, and he's following him the whole night. Like, that's like, I, yeah. Mm-hmm. I... I, I was I was hoping that that was that that, that dude was a monster stalking the boys, <laughs> and, that's, and that's and that's fair by by what you knew going in and yeah. what Netflix had told you. Yeah, um, they find I, horrors in the woods. Yeah, I love that in an Australian movie, or maybe I don't love. Hang on, I got to step back and think about this. Okay, that in an Australian movie, the Reaper was an Aborigine. Oh fuck, Donna. I can't decide if I love that or don't. Oh, love I that. think I do love that. I think I don't know enough. I I know a little bit. Oh no, I think about I... political things, like 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 social things in Australia. I got Kinsey. <laughs> I've got Kinsey right now. Kinsey got her thinking face on. I think I kind of dig that actually, since they are the first people there. Mm. Okay, sorry. That's that's good. That's good. But I I like. I'm with you, Donna. My initial thought was love it. My second thought is actually this is Australia, and I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. I like where you're going with it, Kinsey. Yeah, I, that's where that's where my head is at with it, and so that's why I'm like, okay, that's yeah. But like his character design was so good. Like it was just, I love how immaculate and beautiful he was, except for his nails. Like his fingernails were so dirty. It was just, oh. About the character itself, uh, what's his name? Jonah said, oh, this is, and I don't think he said he who it was, but he says, "You, the first time you see him, you don't remember, and then the second time, and then he stops. And so I was like, is that an actual myth, like mythological? I should have looked that up. You know. I actually, I tried to do more research on this mm-hmm. movie because I wanted to come in here with more like, this is what people say about this, and there is so little information. Really? There's, like, the wiki page, 
which is just like the least informational wiki page I have ever fucking seen. <laughs> There's um, a movie that exists. Yeah, it's like, here's the movie, here's the people that were in it, here's what the movie's about. Boom. And it's not even like one of the step-by-step synopses. It's just like a paragraph. Right. And, um, and then it's just like some reviews on the movie. Like, that's all you find yeah. when you Google it. Side note. Netflix Australia does not have this film on it. Are you fucking kidding? I am not because once again, Jada Bean, she looked for it on. I was like, I, I was like, it's on our Netflix. Like, so check yours first. And I got this text message from her, basically, son of a bitch, and it's not on ours. That's weird because it won weird. several awards, didn't it? And got a lot of nominations yeah. too. So yeah. Weird. Weird. Very weird. Okay. All right, and Donna, you have our rule. I do have a rule, and that rule is, don't abandon your friend when he needs you. Yeah. I think that is a a good rule. Oh, which is a sound we've all made multiple times while mm-hmm. talking about this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, As different revelations. Because yes. initially we discussed because Corey doesn't die. Um, so that for that to be a rule for survival, you know, that maybe it doesn't apply. But, be, but Jonah... Mm. I think, uh, but I mean, we talked about this. I I want you to finish your thought. (laughs) Um, Corey did get saved by Jonah because he abandoned his friend. Okay, hang on. We may have to rethink this whole rule thing. Well, no, I think we talked about it in the video, and Adrian said it, that uh, they, they do know what would have happened if... Corey had went back for Jonah. It hadn't ran away. Oh, like they, they said, let's change the ending. Let's change the ending. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, one of the things that they do in this movie a lot is they tell stories yeah. about what's happening. And then when, it, and so here's an interesting thing that I just thought of while I was talking. All of Jonah's stories are true. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we discovered that they, they're all what, like, you know, uh, when Corey goes to Jonah's house, he sees his dad just fucking vegged out on the, yeah. on the couch and the house is like, a hoarder's nightmare. Uh, it belongs on A and E. There's like fucking shit growing up the walls. Mm-hmm. Um, it's bad. Um, but Corey is the one that try, starts trying to introduce fiction into it when he says, "Let's change the ending of the tunnel story." Mm-hmm. And uh, and they they discuss how that would have changed things. What if he didn't leave? What if what if he stayed? What if he went back? Mm-hmm. And then and Jonah says, "I like that ending, but that's not what happened." Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I get the impression that had Corey stayed, they would have remained friends. Yeah. And they would like and and, and none of this night would have happened. Right. And. And this is all just conjecture yeah. here. Like, but I feel like the way that Jonah is, he, like, Django and his crew were telling Corey that New York was a stupid idea. Yeah. And, but I don't think that Jonah would have told him. No, that. Jonah no. would not have told Jonah him. Jonah would have been like, fucking go to New York. I'll go with you. Let's, mm-hmm. let's do New York. Yeah. 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 I agree. All right. Why don't you lead us out? I will lead us out. So thank you guys for listening. We do appreciate your love and support. As you know, we are on all the social media. You can find us on Twitter at Beyond Cabin. We are on Instagram at Beyond the Cabin in the Woods. We have a Facebook page, Beyond the Cabin in the Woods as well. 
And our webpage is beyondthecabinthewoods.com. What? Uh, it's almost like you like consistency. I know. Isn't it crazy? It's like you search Beyond the Cabin in the Woods, you're going to find us somewhere. It's fantastic. Uh, we also have a Patreon, which you hear us talk about the video. That's what right now we've got for our Patreon is uh, how we come up with a rule, poll, and quote. So if that you're ever fascinated to see uh, how the donuts are made, if you will, that's, uh, that's a good good. Uh, and that is Beyond the Cabin. We also have uh, a couple sister podcasts and a brother podcast, which is Collective Snark. And we have uh, Once More with Feeling, the 20th anniversary uh, Buffyverse rewatch. And then The Family Business, which is a Supernatural rewatch. And we are part of the Gumby Cat Network. So also check them out because they're pretty cool. And thank you guys again for all your love and support. And don't read the Latin. Tis the night. Tis the night for the grave's delight. Bye. <laughs> you know what horror is. Gumby Cat Productions. Podcasts from podcast people. Meow. Meow.